This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Knock at the Cabin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me with the flashbang, heat-seeking, concussive, repressive, sweet, and damage plan-induced, Justin Whiteout, what's up, sir? You know, nothing, nothing's going on at all since I saw you last, which was a couple of nights ago, to see this movie. It's been all downhill from there, Nick. I'm just kidding, Nick. They announced the third sequel, too. I know what you did last summer today. They're doing a revisit. Are you very excited? That was the weirdest way to viral market a film. What do you mean? To put the release date information in that balloon. (laughs) But everybody's been wondering. It's not a matter of if. A matter of when they're going to get Jennifer Love Hewitt back into her most well-known role. Freddie Prinze back. He survived, I think, both films. They're they're really both in it? I mean, they're, they're in talks. Nick. They should have called this movie a matter of when. <laughs> yes, that's true. Anyway, how do you how how you feeling about that? Do you think Jennifer Love Hewitt's gonna play like play like a grizzled, gray haired Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, sitting in a trapped house, Don't waiting get me excited. for the Morton's fisherman to come, <laughs> come back into her life? Did they get Muse back? I mean, <laughs> I think I hope it's a heart and soul. He's still is he still out there? I think he still shivers around planet Earth, but who knows? I know who's not coming back. Who? Geller? The co-captain of the killers from the second one, Matthew Settle. <laughs> Don't know that. He, you know, they, they were they were teaming up him and his dad, and then his dad accidentally killed him with his dumb hook. You, you saw know, the sequel? Of course. You didn't see it? I did not. Oh, slasher film. It's a, it's a classic. You hate slashers. I don't like slashers that much. I like slash fic, but I don't like slasher movies. It's very strange. What about um, you? How, how have you been doing? I'm fine. Just rubbing off, man. Just rubbing off of myself. Influencing myself on a regular basis. I mean, that sounds great. I see your cat roaming around in the background. Of course. Second day in a row where I have finished my work day, decided to get some stuff done, and then woke up two hours later. Yeah, you've, you've been kind of feeling under the weather, though. Yeah, maybe so. Have you tested for COVID, sir? I don't have any of those symptoms. I'm just... When in doubt, test for COVID, I say. You know? That's just big government talking, man. Yeah, fair enough. It's getting up all in your shindig. Fuck that. What else What else in there? What else in the news? Anything great? Uh, you heard about... First of all, I like Billions. Yeah. But I don't need four spinoffs of Billions. It's a joke, right? I thought, 
I thought it was a joke. It's a joke the guy did, I think, right? Is it not a joke? Trillions? I thought it was serious. Right, I heard about I the, thought... Yellow, the Yellowstone news as well. What's the Yellowstone news? That um, Costner's apparently on the outs, and uh, they're get they're, they're going to bring... No, this is real. Oh, my God. Uh, and that they're, they're, they're going to... I thought start... it was a joke. There's going to be a McConaughey. Um, McConaughey's going to be the lead in, in the spinoff of Yellowstone. Yeah, that's real. I thought it was a joke. I really did. Like, I read the like the write-up, and I thought it was a joke. But you know what? I love Compliment. I love Levine. You know those guys. And I love them so, so dearly. I'm happy for them. I want to find out more about the Richies. You know what I'm saying? Give me more of them rich. Apparently there has been a dispute about Costner with Costner and the producers about the amount of time he can devote on set. Yeah. You knew you, he's making his epic movie series. He's got shit to do. He is great on that show. And it would be a big vacuum if he left, but they said that what's going to happen is they're going to evolve it with McConaughey, and they'll keep some of the original characters. So I'm, I'm hey, it's about time we got some more Yellowstone. I got look, I got to hand it to Taylor Sheridan, creator of Yellowstone. I'm glad he's finally decided to cast a white actor. You know, fucking get off your bully pulpit. <laughs> Digging deep. I got to work with McConaughey next. What other bland white can I get in my First of all, hush your mouth. McConaughey is is a fucking vat of pure golden perfection. (laughs) First of all, McConaughey, I thought was going to run for, like, some office in Texas or something. I guess he gave up on those dreams. But remember, he was was kind of rumored to be a politician for a minute. I don't know, man. Look, I, I... I like Yellowstone okay. I can't... I don't have time for the spinoffs. You liking the spin, all the spinoffs? I didn't like Yellowstone Neptune. <laughs> that was strange. <laughs> no, it's... Yeah. yeah, they're fun. It's fun. The thing The thing that I don't like about mm-hmm. the Yellowstone franchise is is the amount of hoops you have to jump through to watch them. Yeah, and the shit you, you have to endure is. once you find them. Because, right. you know, I, I have Paramount Network. I pay for that. I have Paramount Plus... Or whatever it's called, I pay for that. The Peacock, and, and now I have fucking Peacock. You pay, and then they decide which Yellowstone you get. Oh, by the way, we moved Yellowstone over to Paramount Division Multiply. You know, and it's it's like, God damn it! Just want to see Kelly Riley yell at somebody for God's sakes. You know, maybe the ta- Taylor Sheridan, like his dream is to fuel enough content, like to, or have enough content to fuel a streaming service. You know what I'm saying? Like, all his shows, you could never run out of stuff to watch because he writes, you know, 70 episodes of TV a year. I looked him up on Wikipedia today, and I discovered his middle name is Ponzi. So, he wins. And, and yes, I do have Peacock, thanks to you egging me along. Give a look. You weren't going to do it. I had I had to get you to watch Poker Face, which is enjoyable, I'd say. I like that show. Actually, you know what's funny? I have watched the first four. Only, I, there's five so far. And I think my favorite one is the one at the old folks' home with uh, Judith Light and and I forgot the other actor. They are amazing on that show. Oh, it's great! And it's directed by Lucky McKee. I thought that was the fifth episode. Is it? Is it the fourth? I think that might be the fifth episode. So you've watched five, I think. Yeah, that's that's a fun one. It's a little, it's almost a little darker than the other ones, but it's it's yeah. Lucky McKee directed it. I still like it, even though you don't like him. It's great, May. And um, I even liked. Uh, his, uh, I, I liked. I think I've kind of liked everything he's done, actually. Not a not a successful filmmaker. Might want to change his name. He is successful. 
he's hung in there. He had a, a movie called All Cheerleaders Must Die, I think, which was kind of entertaining. I mean, I think he hasn't really made a bad movie. You mistake the word scene with bad. The Woods? Nobody knows. The Woods? It's pretty good. The Woods starred that woman. If, that if we, Wood Harris is in it, he missed a huge opportunity. Bruce Campbell's in that movie, but the star of that movie was in, like, what is her name? She was in, I wish I could remember it, Agnes Bruckner in this. Oh, God. Remember Agnes Bruckner? I, I, I've seen Hello? the name a lot. Hello? Agnes Bruckner in here? She's still out there. Agnes. Actually, she hasn't worked for a couple years. Oops. Never mind. This will be our shortest episode, I'm hoping. Well, I got no, I got no uh, notes. Oh, boy. My son's going to charge the VR. That's how we do it in this house. Is that house. slang? Yeah. We got VR here. Wachowski? Hmm. That'd be great if it was a VR... V. What was it? What was VI. it? VI. VR, VI, worst house. I saw that in theater. Kathleen Turner? Mm-hmm. Can you name one other person that's in it? Yeah. It was like somebody good. There's the, the, the male lead in it is somebody good, but I don't know who it is. Is it Ryan O'Neill? Is it... Remember that was like one of those movies that was so confusing George. that... People, it was so bad that people were like, is it maybe good? You know. Like The Witch. Kathleen Turner, for a minute, she was leading movies. She's good. Directed by the director of Gotcha. Ooh, Can you it. believe it? Got J.O. Sanders in there, one of your favorites. Got Charles That's Durning in this. Frederick Coffin. Wayne Knight. Movie microscope Try- legend. Frederick Coffin. Steve Root. Mike Haggerty just recently took the loss. Yeah, it was, uh, was J.O. Sanders I was thinking of. Was he the second lead? That's a rare, close to the title performance by J. O. Sanders. What does the O stand for? Can you can you zoom in? Is it J. I just o. Know that He's in this Sanders? Is that what it? If we were, if we had done that movie on the show, if we'd done that episode, I would have done a song. J. O. J. O. Sixty-nine years young, the perfect age. J. O. Sanders. Remember, you might not remember this. Owner of the best Wikipedia photo. <laughs> photo, yeah. It's him in mid, like, scream with a, a water bottle in frame. Yeah. Yeah, you found that. You're one stubborn oh. son of a bitch. Jay Olcutt Sanders. It's an Olcutt. Man, what a, what a treasure trove this episode is already. Just to go zoom in, his middle name is Olcutt. You know what I'm saying? Ironically uncircumcised. <laughs> Is there yep. any rumors about his, the, yeah. the length of his? Is there any rumors about his groin area, Nick? Because you're always... He looks like a guy that might have a stack house down there, but I, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if he's if he's the kind of person who will jokingly take his conquest in the room and say, this is my J.O. face. I bet so, yeah. Married, married yeah. to Marianne Plunkett. Oh, nice. You know what I'm saying? Just going to zoom in. Theater actress, looks like. Has some films under her belt, but not as known as J.O. Sanders. Now, is he still out there? Let's just... 100% is. Is he still getting work? Hell yeah, he is. You know why? Because he's great. Just showed just showed up in the TV miniseries, The Accidental Wolf. Now, have, have, you, have you seen it? It sounds like something I'd be up for. Oh, God, he was in that Bardo movie. He is still killing it. The Accidental Wolf. Did you, so what do you think about Army Hammer's big reveal? That he's a complete cock on set and nobody ever wants to work with him again? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, Army played... Hammer's big... I was, talk, I was thinking of Henry Cavill. You're talking about Army Hammer. He was saying, yeah, he, he admitted to abuse. He, pl- yeah. he played the molested, I got molested card. He did. Which, I yeah. mean, really, if I... License to ruin. I mean, what, perfect. Mm-hmm. 
complete license to to be a cannibal. Mm -hmm. He did take some credit for his behavior, a rarity sometimes for these folks, but he didn't take 100%. I still still feel it was kind of a light apology. I am pissed off at the way people were treating Ben Affleck last night. Tell me why. Because he's... what, why? Well, there what, was like happened? there was this. I, I didn't watch the award show, but apparently it Grammys. was Grammys. Grammys. It was all over Twitter, and he looked very ups- he looked very not happy to be there. And there was a part where he went in to, to either whisper to J Lo or something, and she treated him kind of weird. And he was kind of mm-hmm. then he saw the camera and kind of tried to smile for it. I think Ben Ben Affleck is as close as there is to a regular person who got put into Hollywood and sometimes has to. Remember yeah. what he sacri- like that. Basically, he's got to play this game, and he you, you signed up for this, buddy. I agree, and, with you. and I, I don't think like he has the co- victim for sure. He's 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 a, he's a victim. He put I didn't, Hollywood it, swallowed him whole. He, he 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 was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be in movies. Like I said, help, help, please he, help. But they kept making him. He sold his soul to be a movie star. I and he at sometimes I feel really bad for him a lot of the times where I see him trying to fit in in a place he obviously doesn't. He's much memed, but look. Yeah, he couldn't be more bored at the Grammys. You know, people love to make fun of him, but they also kind of love him. I don't feel too bad for him, Nick. He's I getting noticed. all sorts of work. Does seem like kind of a normal dude, but who knows? Speaking of normal dudes, let's uh, let's get right down to it, guys. It's a movie microscope, folks. Show we zoom in. We toll house cookie our way out of trouble. <laughs> we fashion Poseidon's beard into a makeshift banjo. Put Cagney and Lacey on blast. Eat a pinwheel sandwich in the nude. Drop into school. <laughs> Get glassy-eyed at the poorhouse, the whorehouse. Rinse Vin Diesel off when he needs it. Fire a few wet rounds into the barn. Spit bars at the infirm. Kick an intern. Get all gastrointestinal in this. And steal a goblin's day planner. Watch a movie through distressed, diseased, restrepo eyes. Eyes that have seen the Chancellor Valorum. Pulled out the thermonuclear winter and let it cascade over our abdomen, wet and proud. See what makes or breaks. Share what likes you, the listener. We're talking about Max Dugan Returns. We wouldn't talk about the scene where he don't have a receipt. Talk about the little moments. And there's a very few in today's film. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Max Dugan returns. Not a Frank Whaley picture, right? Jason Robards. But who's the dude? Who is it Broderick? Jason Robards in it. And I think okay, but Donald Suth, right? Who is the teen? Oh, I don't know Who's the star? Jason Robards. Played a teen. Robards, when we started knowing who Jason Robards was, he was 79, you know? Got um, to watch him die on screen. Got to watch him fade away right before our very eyes. Max Ma- Dugan returns, huh? He made Sam. You're right. You're right, actually. What am I thinking of, then? There's another movie that has a similar title. Oh, Broderick was in that. Thank you. Nailed it. Max Dugan Returns was a video box I saw all the time and avoided as if it were containing spiders. Just it um, looks. It wasn't just a picture of a guy in a suit, kind of walking away. No, he's like flying through the sky. He's got like sparkles coming out of his briefcase exactly. or something. An English teacher and strung, struggling single mother has her life disrupted when the father, who abandoned her as a child, comes back into her life. Max Dugan returns to her life. Who plays the chick? Um, that would be Marsha Mason, my friend. By the way, mm-hmm. a relative of hers in the credits for this movie. Rick Mason. <laughs> BM in here. I think BM got called out on our Instagram page. What's your relationship with Knock It to Cabin? Oh, it's a strained one, my friend. This is uh, based on a book. This movie is based on a book by Paul Tremblay, I believe is his name. And he wrote a book called The Cabin at the End of the World. 
I think it's called, or that, or Cabin at the End of the World, one of those two titles. I read it a few months ago. I disliked it immensely. I think this is maybe the second book I've read by this author. I don't vibe with what he's pulling out. I'm putting out, pulling out, and putting out. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes, like, the premise here is kind of the strongest thing in a weird way, which I don't even think is that strong of a premise. And then he just piles on words, shovels on words, <laughs> And just improvs, I think, his way through the book. Now, look, this book has a lot of fans, and maybe I just have bad taste. But I just did not like it, the book at all. So, yeah, I feel it really struggles to get to the finish, and then the finish sucks. I could have sworn I've read this book. I know I have the audiobook, and I know I've listened to mm-hmm. some of it. After seeing the movie, I realized why I might have given up. I hate this premise. <laughs> so... Look, I've read a lot of people like just are passionate about this book. So, like I said again, I want to qualify it. I could be just a person with shitty taste. I does not like the book at all. So, I that's what I headed into the movie with that opinion. So, I like the movie more than the book. But I know a lot of people are upset at the movie because it doesn't completely. Um, it's, it, 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 it pulls doesn't, a punch. Yeah. It pulls a punch or two. It pulls a punch. Yeah, and it does pull a punch. I, I agree with I agree with the critics. I just don't care. I don't think you should you should uh, make it seem as if you have bad taste just because you have an opinion that is your own about this. Fuck that. I, I guess I, I phrase it wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to like annoy people that love this book. I, I I realize that I just might not like this author, but a lot of people do. He's been around for a while and he's successful, so not into it though. Not into I it. I thought it was Michael J. Fox's you? pen name, actually, oh, Paul God. Tremblay. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> what about you? What's oh, your? I saw with you in the theater. But that's it. You know, you said you thought you heard, had the audiobook, but you can't remember listening. Yeah. No, my relationship with this movie is M Night Shyamalan. He's a nemesis of mine. Like he really tries to irritate me on the regular. I just love him somehow. I don't know how it. Why? I love. I love that he's there, but I just even my favorite stuff of his has major caveats. He, like I think I said it on the, our village or old or whatever happening whatever podcast we did he needs some no men not some yes men he needs some no men but this film actually he does a great job for most of this film as a filmmaker I agree with you I think it's like a kind of a it's a really well made movie like a really thoughtful choices throughout like it's it's a nice it's a nicely crafted film I mean he's also not working on an original script like he he adapted something right usually doesn't he usually come up with his scripts whole cloth actually he's, he co-wrote After Earth he co-wrote you it who did he co-write it with Lucifer <laughs> I don't know <laughs> have you have you seen After Earth of course in the theater and oh just everything <laughs> every feeling was a huge fail, right? Yeah. I think I've That's seen hard. everything yeah. since The Sixth Sense in the theater. Fucking we, sh- shithead. We had, a, we had a legend. You and I had a legendary midnight. Sh- we think we saw a midnight showing of Lady in the Water. Yeah, we, we've talked about that a lot. Yeah, we did. I know, but why? I mean, we why not? I, I'm sure I, I, I do this to you where we know we're going to have a bad time, and I double down on let's go have that bad time. He, um... He thinks that's one of his best films, by the way. He's, Along with The Village He and should be wrapped in a fucking burlap cloth, duct taped to death. I have to say, I love him. I love his... 
I love his. Uh, like I it, think he's. I think it helped that he was humbled because he had so many like a string of failures and just critical sh- shellacking. I feel like that kind of helped his filmmaking in a way. He is um, like he's definitely the Energizer Bunny because he keeps moving forward despite reality. It's almost he's, as he if does he, a lot of self. He does a lot of self financing of his films. I don't think he self financed this one, but oh. A lot of the ones before this, he did. He may have. It's worked for him. Has it? Yeah, I mean, he's had a string of hits. I mean, he's been in the public consciousness now for two, two and a half plus, two and a half decades or some shit. Just keeps doing it, and he seems like a nice enough dude. I would like to shake his hand and say thank you, sir, for After Earth. I would never want to be in a room with that guy. Hug him and say, this is for the happening. Give him a little kiss on his cheek. Give him a little a peck for each cameo he forces on us. He cameos in this. Of course he does. It's a cute cameo, though. It is not. It is. He's like he, a he, weatherman or something? He No, he's on an infomercial. He has to realize that he mm. is right. taking the viewer completely out of the movie every time he appears in one of these things. The only way it works, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is his end game, his last film will be about a force, like this, 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 this species of creatures that has infiltrated the world, mm-hmm. and the shape they take is him, and so then he'll cut in the scenes from all of his cameos and saying, this is where we we're, we're infiltrating here, and this is where we were infiltrating here. And he'll use his self-cameos, his cameos as a way of, you know, setting up this larger threat. I'm not going to blame him. He likes to act. He likes to dabble in acting. He, you know, and who else is going to give him a role but himself? And so, like in um, the take a, um, take a hint. Lady in the Water, he actually had a character in that one. And in Signs. And Signs he did, too, yeah. He played, like, the paranoid neighbor in Signs, right? He played the guy who was responsible for the death of Mel Gibson's wife. Counters the creature at his house in the yeah. pantry. I have Alexa in my house. Like, we have it. I never use it. It just, it, it exists solely just to go off and hear me say something dumb and then start playing music. I should mm. throw it out. Um, hold on for one second. I'm looking up um, Knight if he ever acted in somebody else's film besides himself. Which was a snuff. He's film. acted 15 times, as said. He's been in every he's acted in every one of his films. Even he was even in a firebender in the last airbender. You heard I wouldn't that take right. that as a clue that I'm unhirable as an actor. Let's just run down the cast real quick. We got uh, Dave Batista, who everybody's raving about from this one. They love Dave Batista lately. Jay Groff, Jonathan Groff in here. You got Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter films. I'm sure he loves to be Reference like that every time, and that's how he will be until he dies. You Go had a uh, Nikki Amuka Bird. Do you know her? She was in uh, his last movie. She was an old, and she's in Avenue Five, which I just finished. Mm-hmm. Ben Aldridge. He's the the guy that you liked and I liked. Yeah, the second half of the couple. Andrew, uh, I Abby, was, he was who? Andrew. He Andrew and Eric, I think. Are the yeah, the guy, the guy's names in this, the dad's names in this, and then Abby Quinn, Kristen. I don't know how to say it. this. Is, this is the little girl in the movie. Her name's. Maybe Kristen Kui? Okay. C-U-I? I don't know how to say it. Unconcerned. And so what's the movie about, Nick? You forgot to mention the most important performer in the movie. Played in the infomercial sequence. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, yeah, Sam yeah. Allen. What's the premise? A pair of gentlemen couple is enjoying a vacation with their adopted young daughter. Everything is going perfect until four strangers arrive, asking them to make a sacrifice to prevent the end of the world. And what's the sacrifice? One of them has to kill another one of them for the sake of humanity. They have to kill a member of their own family. So they immediately kill the little girl, and then they the the four people go, we haven't started yet. That doesn't count. <laughs> and then he, he takes his hand from behind his back where his fingers were crossed. Americans only. <laughs> She's American. She's adopted. 
by this couple. Here's the thing about this movie that I didn't like in the book and I don't like here. These dads take their little daughter who is very young. How old was she, is she in this? Eight. It's a remote cabin in the woods, but still close to a road. And they're out back hanging out, having fun, and the little girl's out front unsupervised, collecting lightning bugs or whatever, grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. I mean, put some surveillance on your kiddo, guys. <laughs> And the book and the film. But yeah, like I said, this her. little actress this little actress couldn't she couldn't be cuter. She's great in this movie, I think. Yep. She's got a quite a future ahead of her. Cast her in everything. I mean, yeah, Hollywood loves to cast, you know, people of color that are female all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately, the life of a child actor actress sucks. So maybe don't cast her so much. Let her be normal. Um, but she's great in this. And this is at the beginning of the movie. She's collecting grasshoppers. She's, she names them. Do you catch any of the grasshoppers' names that she's catching? Did you think it was weird that she named one of them M. Knight? Do you think it's a bridge too far for the director to shove his name in as a grasshopper? No. I remember I did catch Sinagore. I caught one of them was called the Asphix. One was called Garrett Graham Jr., do you ever collect, when you were a kid, they always do that. Like, they always kind of make a big deal about kids collecting bugs. Were you a big bug collector when you were a youngin'? Still am. <laughs> Did you um, ever put them in jars, like lightning bugs and stuff of like course, that? Of course, of course. They're great. I, I did it once. I have a tank, like a terrarium filled with crickets right now. Not to keep them around. I mean, I give them, I put them into an arena, basically, where they have equal challenge to survive, you know. You're murdering crickets because you're feeding them to your what are you feeding them to lizards or lizards all sorts of lizards just lizards okay so anyway who who but comes up the road but a friendly giant named leonard played by dave batista now dave batista has been in the news lately because he has decided that he's going to use this go around of talk show appearances to promote this movie to sing the praises of himself yeah but of his life as a thespian do you know what I'm saying? Like, he really wants to... Like he, he is putting it out there to the world that he wants to be the best actor he can be. He wants to serve his directors. He wants to be in great movies. And, uh, look, I love him. I think he's great. He's got a great presence. He was in this this year. Uh, also, he was in um, Glass Onion. It was fun in that. But I don't know, man. Maybe be a little chiller when you talk about acting. You know? I disagree. What do you think? You like that he puts his heart in a sleeve? Yep. And And I'm talking about his tattoo arm, his sleeve, that kind of sleeve. I like that he's out there saying what he wants and and, and that he he knows that there are obstacles and he's putting in the work and he wants to be the best and he wants people to give him a chance, which I'll take over what other guys do, which is... Do you think that it's kind of, he's like adapting the secret? Remember that book, The Secret? Or you manifest your own? Yeah, you manifest it. Is that what he's doing? Is he, You think he's a big secret guy? I don't. You think he's a big guy? I think he's a big guy, but I think also the microphone, when he's doing promotion for a movie, typically he's the fourth guy getting a microphone put in front of him. And when they condense the article, you know, and they're taking sound bites, they're taking sound bites from Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet and stuff, and then, eh, we'll throw in one Batista. Or they're taking him from Chris Pratt and... Zoe Saldana and James Gunn, they're not taking a Bautista quote. So he's like, I am in the spotlight. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And i got to give him credit for it. Daddy likes to act is the message he's putting out there. And he's not a young man. He's in his 50s, right? He's 54 or something? He is a chameleon in a way. And I'm not being... Oh, my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's a chameleon. That's he wears, Sometimes he wears glasses. He'll wear glasses. 
He'll wear a hat, different colored shirts, sometimes pants, sometimes jeans. Does seem like a nice guy. He seems like an amazing champion. And so then um, people say, a lot of people like on Twitter are saying that he walks away with this film. Would you agree? I wish he would have done it before they released it. <laughs> I think there are plenty of good performances in this. Now, let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Groff. No. Broadway's own. And, and uh, Ben Aldridge, who played... Yeah, who played the, um, the, he was the Eric married in couple Frozen. here. Was he in Frozen? He was. Jonathan Groff was in Frozen. They, these guys, they have to be yelling and screaming the whole time, and that could get annoying. I think they do a pretty good job of not being annoying. That'd be, um, be your secret. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's got to be tough to do for a whole movie. Just a, vari- a variation of saying, you guys are crazy. You're having a delusion. You know, how many times can you say that? A lot, apparently. Who's the so, villain? Yeah, the, Who's the villain in this movie? That's another. That's an interesting thing. Is obviously the four people that show up the cabin that are guided by this uh, spiritual purpose and have been called to this cabin to propose this, tie these guys to a chair, and say you got to <laughs> kill each other. They're obviously the villains, but at the same time, you feel bad for them a little bit. They're, not, they're in a movie they're, with they a are crazy not, premise. They're the murder weapon. They're not the villains. Yeah. God, I guess, is the bad guy. That's what I don't like about this concept is that they go into no detail. I, they're af- I think they're afraid to offend people by not calling out who is speaking to them. They don't talk about God. They don't talk about religion, really. They talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They do talk about God a little bit. They talk they, about God's fingers. Yeah, but they there's a part of me that, for, okay, for, so obviously this is the movie Microscope, so we're not going to pull back. They're right in this movie. The four, These four people are actually correct about what's happening. So with that in, in the, mind... In the book, it's a little bit more ambiguous, but it still seems to be happening. You know, I guess the the thing about this this premise is it's about faith, I guess. I guess that's the big the, the theme here, or the big, you know, it's about religion, about faith. It's still like, eh. Like, it's so thin, I think, some of it. Like, so these people show up to the cabin, and they're like, look, you have to make this choice. And if you don't make the choice, every few hours, we're going to kill one of us in front of you if we can't convince you. Right. And then they do. It's ridiculous. I would tap out if I was part of that four. I'd be like, what do we got to do? So well, the thing is, on. if any of the human characters are the villains in this movie, mm-hmm. it's the family. Because You think so? They're, how many millions of people die because they did not make a decision? Yeah, but they they can't believe it because it doesn't make that much sense. It still like, does. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And, and, I and then they keep... They, they keep poking they, so that's another thing that, that happens along in this movie is is so Dave Batista will be you know are you guys going to kill one of your own and then they'll say no and then he'll turn the TV on and he'll show like a tsunami hit you know a beach and say look what you guys what happened and then the but the one guy's like that was you know that already happened it's on a delay and so like it's like you knew that was going to happen so there's all those weird questions that come up in this like are they really telling the truth and that's why you know I, and plus I think a lot of the it's pretty relatable nobody would do this this wouldn't happen right but that's ridiculous. what I'm saying also no one would no one would do it. well maybe I say that now you know that my family would be like just point to me immediately that would be a <laughs> Like, wake up call. And the guy's like, I'm like, a I'm a Maytag repairman. I don't even know what you're talking about. You can't I don't I just don't think it's fair to not commit. You know, so either have it be a vengeful god and mm-hmm. double down on that and at the end give it some give it some shit. Let it instead what it does is it has these two people survive after millions of people have died. Yeah, there's they're short. Mm-hmm. They're short one of their own. But they're mm-hmm. driving back into the world and every person that they look at for the rest of their lives 
lost somebody they love because of their inability to make a decision. So either give the opposing force a face mm-hmm. or make it be something else or make it be a hoax. Don't leave it so vague to where, you know, it's not like the mist where the mist is like gut punches you. Right. And then there's that reveal. This movie doesn't gut punch you at all. You don't, when they finally kill the character at the end of the film to sacrifice, it's mm-hmm. done it. It becomes a, a, like this emotional moment of love for this group of people. Yeah, and look, the book the book you, is probably answering your complaints, right? So the book, it just gets darker and darker and darker to the point where the little girl's accidentally killed. It doesn't count. They still have to sacrifice one of their own, and the, they decide not to, and they don't care that the world's ending. Right. They could give a shit, especially since they just lost their daughter. You know, it, it's it probably is a little bit more, maybe that's a little bit more of a satisfying conclusion for you. See, I don't, I don't, I love ambiguous movies. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I just don't think this, like this has earned it. It hasn't earned it at any point in me. And actually, I kind of like the movie in a way, but yeah. it's... It's well done. It just feels like he, he's trying to have everything his way. It doesn't stick to the ribs. Anyway, so they use a retro Universal logo to reveal the film. You notice, And then the credits are very old school 70s style credits. And then that's the only thing about the movie that's retro. There's nothing else about it that... Why would what do you, you think do? that? What do you think about that cabin that they out in the middle of nowhere? What do you, um, what do I think about pretty, it? Do you, would you go out on vacation there and just kind of get some solitude? You'd probably like something like that. That's fine. Yeah. They got it on Air RIP, so they should have known better, but... I mean, I got to hand it to Wen, the little girl. They, they brought her out to the middle of nowhere, and they said, hey, go play in the yard. Isn't this a blast? She's like, I, hey, I, you know, Disney World would have been nice, but this is this is pretty good, too. See, I know? think Wen is a, an old school kind of, you know, an old spirit. You know what they call it? What do they call it? An old soul. She's yeah. happy to go catch grasshoppers in name. She's happy to go jump in the lake and dodge the lake amoeba, and she's happy to just flit about that- the wilderness. Do you think this is the family no matter what? So if they decided to go vacationing like to like King's Island or something, that these four still would have had to like go go to them? That'd be great. That'd be great. Like, no matter what vacation they chose. Would know? have been a better movie if they were at a theme park and, and these guys are falling around. And maybe one of them is too small to ride the rides so they can't actually do their job because short ass. Yeah. So the beginning of the movie is a home invasion. When warns her dads that these people are outside with these weird weapons that that's another thing that bothered me in the book is the way they describe the weapons i could never i could never really understand what he was talking about they just seem so weird like and they are you know they make these mallets and like these swingy things and m night tries to like wrap it into the four horsemen myth or whatever of the apocalypse myth at the end and they shows those weapons again like it matters like mm-hmm. but it's just like those are those are weird weapons what do you think of those weapons they're an abyss just why can't you just get a baseball bat? By the way, oh, that's good with that. The movie, the beginning of the movie is when sitting it there, and then Dave Bautista walks in out of the woods and has what's. I guess they're trying to sell it as kind of a charming conversation. Yeah. Creepy as fuck. Instant. I creep. guess it's kind. Of, it, it reminded me of like Frankenstein a little bit, like whenever Frankenstein's monster throws that little girl in the lake. Was that what you're referencing when the me? But you weren't. The Amoeba of the Lake, but no, the lake I, guess, I guess maybe that's a little bit of an influence on this beginning because Batista is like just a, such a huge dude. He's very, and he's also very serene and calming and friendly. And it is uncomfortable, but he's such a nice dude, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of like when don't it's it's weird, but you're also like he's also nice. Well, the same so. parents that would let this young child patrol freely in the great outdoors, I guess, is the kind mm-hmm. that taught her to really don't talk to strangers. She mentions that it's a bad idea, and then proceeds to completely talk to him and give him vital intel. 
Yeah, and he's like, hey, I can't wait to meet your dads. Yeah. Anyway, so then three other people show up, and he's like, you know, go, go tell your dads we're here. And they don't want to let, you know, the dads are skeptical of when at first, and then they hear the knock at the cabin, Nick, the title of this movie. What do you think of that title? It's the worst. Knock at the cabin. Sucks. Cabin at the end of the world may be better of a title, I'd say, the book title. But I, I think, um, I think uh, M. Night didn't want uh, to share. Maybe. And so, I maybe just thought it was too long. And so they barricade their door, they lock the doors, barricade the windows, but doesn't work, and these people get in. And their fight ensues. Jonathan Groff's character takes a, he gets in a fight and he gets knocked down, gets a concussion, which he suffers through until he dies at the end. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then our the other uh, dad, Ben Aldridge, he whoops Rupert Grint's character, just destroys him, yeah. punches him like eighty times. <laughs> but those guys get in, and soon the dads are tied to chairs, and they're watching Netflix. They are not. Well, some some cartoon. It's hard to believe Rupert Grint isn't in a lot of movies. Such a good actor. I don't think he's bad. Did you notice he was trying to be Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, a little bit? Maybe I mean he had to play like he had to play like the kind of the most villainous character in this of the group at least, and he actually has a connection to one of the characters in the past, but not the most annoying are. one. He's in, also in the movie the shortest amount of time, but he works with M Night on that show Servant mm-hmm. on Apple Plus. That's that's he's that's how he got in M Night's world here. And, and your boy's in that show. Who? T Kebs. T Kebs. Yeah. Oh, Tony Cavill. Ke- yeah, he is like one of the leads. I've never seen that show. Well, that's because you have a soul. It's been on for like three or four seasons. It's wrapping up. Lauren Ambrose in this. It's wrapping up. Probably not M. Night's idea. I mean, to have a show that's three or four seasons long, that's pretty good. Like the Connors. <laughs> I think the Connors is still on somehow. It's, it blows my pants. The, the we- So another thing, this, this is what's so weird about the movie is they say you guys have to make this decision. And if you don't make the decision when we ask you, then then the world goes shitwire for a second. Like the first thing that happens, they say, is there's going to be like a tsunami, right? And so that's what happens. But then they also have to kill one of their own, one of the four members, which I don't understand. I just that it's just such, it's such a weird, like well, and, know, and, and the premise, premise is cumbersome. Yeah, these guys have been given these visions that they've seen yeah. over the course of the past God knows how long to where it leads them together and where they we, they basically know exactly what has to happen. I mean, obviously, they, they had to go through a lot to get to the point where they'd be willing to do this to strangers, willing to do this to themselves. So they definitely believe in the what they've been sold. Yeah, they were shown visions of everything that was going to happen. They came together. Later, it's revealed that they actually connected on a message board. Not unlike somebody sure. I know. Pure evil. You know, and then who else met on a message they, board? Me and you. That's right, baby. As Jonathan Groff, Groff who's concussed, he starts kind of seeing things, and he, he's kind of the more religious of the two. So he starts to kind of believe this, where Ben Aldrich's character is so adamant the whole time, and he keeps poking holes in everything. Anyway, so they they have to kill Rupert Grint's character. They have to beat. They have to stab and beat him to death in front of the parents, and the parents have to be thinking, "Oh, this is great. One less threat." Right. If we could just wait them out, which they successfully do. They do. Actually, some of my favorite stuff is when they're preparing to die, putting the old bag over their head, mm-hmm. having a conversation, sort of semi-pleading for them to make the right choice, and then getting destroyed, which I... Yeah, they get they get uh, much more violent in the book. They don't show it here. And this is, is this is M. Night's second R-rated movie, though it's not very violent, all things considered. Is this... It wasn't rated R. Yeah, there's some, a lot of fucks in it. I didn't even realize it was rated R. By the way, there's a flashback early on. The movie 
obviously because it's this very contained, very stagey movie to a fault at times. Mm-hmm. Its excuse is to keep cutting away to flashbacks in this these two guys' dating history and their and the and the difficult life that they've led to get them to where they are. Did you right. notice who his dad looked like in the flashback? I didn't. None other than HP Lovecraft himself. I didn't notice this, no. Well, the next time you see this in the theater, very soon, pay attention to how his dad looks like HPL. But apparently there is, there was a vocal cameo for the other guy's dad, for um, Jonathan Groff's dad. But we don't hear it. Well, apparently it, William Ragsdale in this. But right. yeah, I don't remember hearing... No, no, we hear Groff's side of the conversation. We don't hear the dad. Poor William Ragsdale, he had a minute. Did he get a vocal cameo? Did he? He was never. He was never a name. I like him in Fright Night, but he's great in Fright Night. But the whole movie's great. He might have been on Herman's Head. Is that the same guy? I don't know. Even if he was, not a success. Is he in Justified? Yeah, he's been doing it. I mean, it's like, look, he's out there doing it. Yeah, Williams. He was in Herman's Head. Who was the lead of that? Was it Martin Mull? Let me see. Let me think real hard. Who was the lead of that? Um, William Ragsdale was the lead of that. Come on. You mean who played the people in his head? He was really the lead in that show. Yardley Smith, Hank Azaria. Yeah. God. That's right. The scope's talking about Herman's head. So this movie, look, it's hard to talk about. We are taking notes in the dark. It's hard to zoom in on. They actually make breakfast for the little girl at one point. I was trying to see if they were going to give cereal, like give her some cereal. I was crossing my fingers. They didn't. Made her scrambled eggs mm-hmm. and toast. And so you, this, you said you didn't. I like this actress. You didn't like her, the Adrian. Quinn. You, I loathe one of the. I loathed her in this. Why? Movie. Why? She's. I thought she was kind of great. The same thing I loathe about Haley Joel. She's just trying so hard to feel and emote, and she's she's just over the top, over breathing, overacting. Her eye work is weak. Young actress. Eh, you know she'll get better. Finds herself on a finds or, herself on a big movie with Dave Bautista. Are you kidding me? She'll either get another job or mercifully, mercifully she'll, we'll be deprived of her for the rest of our lives. No, I think she's kind of a talented uh, actress. Been in a lot of stuff. She actually was in Herman's Head. No, I, that was too long. She was not even born. Abby Quinn, what's she been in? I, I do like she the, was, the other lady a lot, though. I do. Yeah, yeah, she's good, too. I, I think um, Abby Quinn was in that Mad About You reboot. Jesus. <laughs> Cranberry titty bags. <laughs> I think that she played their daughter or something. And according to IMDb, she was in a movie called that movie called Shit House that I, I liked a lot actually. Um, but I don't remember her from that. Yeah, the Better best two per, the best two performances are the are, are Batista and the and the and the dude Andrew Ben Aldridge. Yeah, come come to find out, Ben Aldridge had been attacked in the past. He, he a victim of a, a hate crime, and uh, he decided to get in shape and get strapped. So he's got a gun in his car. If he can just get to it, right? And of course, he gets to it at one point. Sort of. He doesn't ever shoot anybody with it. He absolutely does. Except except one person. <laughs> and he and he only puts like two or three bullets in it, which I was stressing out about later. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a lot of time. Yeah, well. Ben Aldridge, an actual gay actor, which was nice to hear. Yeah, no, I don't recognize him. You will. Well, so is Jonathan Groff. He's going to be a star. I, I don't recognize him. I think he might be English. Is that that's, correct? That's fine. They're allowed to act. Did you notice something in the set dressing that was irritating? Um, Did you notice any details about the house that were weird? I noticed they had, like, on the keychain, the keychains, they had, like, uh, ice cream, like, popsicles or something. I did, but, no, I didn't notice the set dressing of the house. There's a prominent sign on the wall. Okay. It's a sign, a little sign on your way out of the house that says, welcome. <laughs> Threw me off. Wow, that's like a kind of a psychological game. It's a, psych- it's a it's super, like the- super zoom, though. 
I'll give it. Is right? the outside welcoming welcoming them? You know what I'm saying? Like Mother Nature, open arms. You could look at it that way, or just bad set dressing. Does the mat, the mat outside leading into the house say exit? <laughs> One of the other prominent features in this cabin is a, a gigantic array of books. Now I know yeah, you, you saw that book there. I did. A simple plan. Hell yeah. A better movie. That's the, that's the only one I saw though. No, who 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 was the Scott, author? Scott, Scott Smith. Something? Scott Smith. Also wrote The Ruins, correct? Uh-huh. And that's it. He's only he only has two books? I think he's only done two books and they've opened turned to movies and I think he's reclusive. He's happy? The funny thing is I read The Ruins and I think the movie's better. Simple Very plan. Similar the movie might be better. A simple plan too. I don't know. I think I read Simple Plan. It's pretty good. No, they're both. They're that. both fine. Yeah, I thought the ruins wasn't that good. The book. Wait a minute. He's got Red Haze. Is that the same Scott Smith? Oh, he got more books than you think. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't Martin Cruz Smith who wrote Nightwing. I'll tell you that. We need to do that shit. We need to do Max Dugan Returns. <laughs> How have we not done V.I. Warshawski? Now that sounds like a movie we should do, for sure. What That was supposed to kick off a franchise, remember? They had ambition. What do you mean they was, had a, was a, optimism. supposed to? Still is. I think that they... I was looking at IMDb and I think they turned it into like... Scott Smith has ru- written two books. It's, so he didn't write Red Haze? Dick. What the actual... Two hits? A producer on the peripheral! Killing it! What? Wait a minute, he's, th- he's doing TV work? He produced The Peripheral. Are you sure? You looked him up at IMDb and He it, also it worked on Siberia and The Burnt Orange Heresy. What the hell's that? He wrote the script. Oh, it's, it's one of your favorite. Are you kidding? Clay's Bang, DeBicki, Mick Jagger, Donald Suth, episode. <laughs> what, what is this? What do you. What do you the, that's a movie? Yeah. And I the like Burnt Cla- Orange. Clay's Bang is my dude. Dracula, man. Love him. Oh, the Becky in this. She also he also produced that Siberia Keanu movie. Scott Smith, oh. sneaky good, sneaky out that? there, sneaky out there. Did you, see, did you see Donald Sutherland? This Donald Sutherland all in it, just killing it completely. Do you think Donald Sutherland every year he just works more than the last year? Every like he did like at the start of his career, he did one movie, and then he got to the point where he could do two movies, and now he's up to like twelve movies a year. Donald Sutherland is a sweet man and an, an, an entire legend. Pat's key from the head says, "Nice try." Pat's all of his kids on the head and says, "Nice try." IMDb says he has been in a hundred and ninety nine films. <laughs> We've talked about this before, but look up Eric Roberts. Okay, but I, that's. I can't, no, That's Donald Sutherland has been in 199 real movies. <laughs> Eric Roberts is in a video I took at Barnes & Noble. I just want to tell you... There's one thing about Donald Sutherland that, you, that, that's, that kind of fucks him up, though. Debt collectors have an edge on every call. Somebody says, uh, I, I'm calling about your car warranty, Donald Sutherland, and Sutherland says, I can't afford it. That collector has 199 excuses on why Donald Sutherland could pay that bill. So I just want to... I'm gonna give a little Eric Roberts update. Okay, he's in. He has six uh, currently 620 credits to his name. Okay, are you talking about in Star Wars currency terms? Upcoming, he has 93 projects. I fucking hate him. <laughs> 93. Hey, Julia Roberts. Fuck you. Check out my upcoming. You know. You add the the finances of all of his 600 plus movies, and her cameo in one movie. Oh. I mean, there's got to be something that he's in that, like, is, like, a huge movie. That's I mean, out of 96, or however many. Remember, Julie Roberts just recently found out her past is bullshit. Uh, yeah, what, what? tell me about this. 
And she was sweating bullets. She's like, "Does that mean Eric's not my brother?" Please. I don't. I don't. I didn't hear this story. I guess I, I heard a little bit about it. I mean, it's her need she, to. her heritage got was jackassed. That's all I need to know. No further explanation required. <laughs> she took a D- she took a DNA test and found out she's not a Roberts. Her great great grandmother had an affair with a married man, and that's where her her vagina got started, or something. I'm reading I'm reading verbatim from the article. <laughs> Julia Roberts, it's all out there. Oh, she's the best. Did you see? Did you see her movie with Clooney that came out this year or last year? No, and I love that she's doing a body swap movie with Aniston, though. That blows my mind. Anyway, okay, so the second person that, that they don't agree to do it again, the actress, Abby Quinn, she takes the loss. They kill her, so they get two smashed to zero. The body count, they're, they're, the bad guys are winning body count-wise. Yeah, and, and um, she's left Charlie motherless. The mother to Charlie's trying to explain it to the unhearing couple that doesn't give a shit. You know. Yeah, her, her last sight was a was a white bag going over her head, and the last sound she heard was "fuck Charlie, fuck Charlie, yeah, yeah." And so when yeah, when they when they smash Rupert Grant, there's some tsunamis, right? Mm-hmm. Some storms, and there's this awful scene where they cut away to this beach where a giant wave kicks everyone's ass, and the news station somehow has obtained footage from a phone of a guy who is clutching it as the wave killed him right yeah there's a nice like shot of like underwater to like the remote like you know, m Knight's got some style in that little scene but, you but you're right that there's no way that that the footage, footage is incredible it's like panoramic there's I guess no way that they would be able to retrieve that footage from a dead boy seconds well, after it happens here, here's the thing well he kind of got it from the cloud nick but here's the thing that bothered me is that they the guy it's whoever's holding the camera the phone that's shooting this scene there's like this a million mile wave coming at the, them, right? And he's he sh- the the person recording it is showing the wave, but then will always turn to his person he's with to show her horror, horrified expression. You got to be sure to get that as well, you know. And then they make a break for it, and they don't win. I think that the, they get swallowed up by the by the waves. I I have a solution on mm. on how to survive something like that. One hundred percent infallible. I hold my breath when the wave comes. I like take a big gulp. Swim against mm. it, wait until everything's cool, and then I come back up and say, "Man, you know, it'd be a great time for my um, the robot, my character from the AI that we did a few episodes ago. That was this, the robot that surfed and it shamed everybody that couldn't yeah. surf. Called them. Uh, I don't remember it actually surfing. I just remember it using surf terminology. <laughs> Never surfed, but certainly <laughs> shamed people for. And 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 talked about, oh, you guys aren't you know, basically aren't with the culture, aren't with the surf culture. But that I just keep picturing him in that situation. That's like his uh, bread and butter. Mm-hmm. When a tsunami comes up, he's he's programmed for <laughs> for this. Right. You know, Shyamalan couldn't have the common decency to put Naomi Watts in that wave somewhere. Not again! It was impossible the first time. Tom Holland, early Tom Holland performance in that movie. I love that movie. Ewan McGregor's? Yeah. It's a heartbreaker, that movie. Sort of, but I sort of Not, love it. I mean, Watts a great actress. Oh, what? I mean, sure, whatever. Incredible. She's, she's fine. She just always delivers. I mean, she's fine. What are you talking about? She's fine. She's one of the she's best. Serviceable. Naomi Watts. She, no, she's great. What are you talking about? You can't say that she's serviceable. It's not allowed. She's fine. Does she ever work with Shyamalan? I don't. I think she's been lucky enough to dodge that bull. Okay, so yeah. When they kill Grant, that's what happens. When they kill her, what happens? A plague breaks out, remember? 
Yep. And then the the Ben Aldridge was like, "That plague's been in the news." Next, <laughs> who gives a flying? You know, um, I'm sure M Night did not want to get to current events with this movie, but there is a narrative about the world that we're in right now that is so on point with the way that people are about uh, conspiracies and about the way that the world is falling apart and, and, and what's responsible or how real it is and all that. He doesn't really go into a lot of that stuff. Why torture us with that as well, you know? <laughs> I mean, get it every day. If you've noticed, the movies right now are a reflection of our time with all these movies about rich people getting their comeuppance and whatnot. It's like, it's surprising. Did I say rich movies? These rich people getting their comeuppance. It's, you didn't. You said rich people. No. It's talking about Avatar specifically. <laughs> talking about people that are critical of James Cameron getting their comeuppance. It just seems uh, he's asking the audience to do a lot of the heavy lifting psychologically with the God section of the story, with the real world section of the story. I mean, or does he just try to make a movie where everybody's sort of devout in their beliefs and there's a punishment to be paid for that? He's just trying to make like a movie that keeps you guessing a little bit based on maybe some kind of thin material. And then did you think that, I don't know if you noticed this, but I I think it's kind of hard to notice it's subtle. Did you notice he used close up sometimes? I thought it was badass during that tsunami scene where the people are in the wave getting old. (laughs) Close-ups the movie, Nick. He got (laughs) Batista extreme close-up. Everybody gets a close-up in this. Surprisingly, except for M. Night. What was he slinging in that infomercial? Do you remember? Is it an air fryer? I think it was. I think it might have been, yeah, because I had air fryer in my notes and I couldn't read what it was about. That might be a seed for his next movie. Do you think he's ever going to do one where it's just... Like, you know, Soderbergh was in that movie where he was the star, Schizopolis or whatever. Do you think M. Night's got that in him? What would be a lead? Is there a hell? (laughs) I'm asking... I know I'm answering a question with a question. Is there a hell? Because if there is, you got it. By the way, his next movie is about an air fryer. Twist at the end is it turns out it's a regular fryer. Oh, it's a twist. They cut him open and oil comes out. He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, one of the things in this movie is they can't, their cell phones don't work, and then they cut the landline. Here's what's dumb. The landline doesn't work, and then the girl says, we're going to have to cut your landline. No, I think she says, we we did cut it. That's why it didn't work. The way she words it is, she's apologizing. They're very apologetic. But what I was thinking is they do have TV, right? And that could mean they, and they, at one point they're watching cartoons. I was thinking they, if they had internet, why? it seemed like they had access to something. Maybe they could make a Wi-Fi call. But maybe they don't have internet. Or maybe M. Night sucks. You gotta, in horror movies, you got to get rid of the cell phones. Like That's like a number one rule. No one can have a cell phone that works. I mean, that's a dumb thing. Everybody always talks about this. But it is like that is like the baseline rule is you gotta get rid of cell phones we should do a period movie and it's like this big struggle to kill the carrier pigeon before cell phones cell phones are the worst man they they, they've made horror films have to work a lot harder would you remember 30 days a night which is a movie i like no is the vampire the the person that got their head of the vampires and stole everybody's cell phone and lit them on fire you remember like he got all the cell phones i remember danny houston stretching my liking of him and i remember that DSV Vampire. That's all I remember. I remember I like that movie. I loathe that movie. I thought I didn't like it either. I really don't like. I, this is like a theme for me. I don't like the comic, and I like the movie for some reason. Is that Niles. I think it's because David Slade directed. I think David Slade's kind of a sharp, sharp dude, sharp director. Is he still making movies? He's usually on TV. Like he did a lot of Hannibal episodes. Those are great. Like if you look at his career, like he'll he'll show up and like direct some like prestige television every once in a while. Just look him up. 
I don't want to talk about this movie. So there's another flashback where the yep. group sings car karaoke to Boogie Shoes by, what, Casey and the Sunshine Band? I don't think it's them. That's a bad Zoom. Do you like that song? Hell no. I hate the word Boogie, yeah. pretty much. But Yeah, it is. You're right. That is them. God, you're so right. Nick, you're on point with Zooms. Uh, we just praise you. About of the. Do you think that that, first of all, I understand why they're trying to add some levity to the movie. And it really, that girl is amazing in that scene. That seems like a legitimate family that loves each other in that scene. The way that she's That's looking at them, she, the way that they're bouncing off of each other's energy is really legit in mm-hmm. that scene. Which makes me think M. Night didn't direct that scene. Because it's too human. And he hasn't conjured they, a human moment in his fucking life. I watched an interview with Jonathan Groff. And he, they took that little girl out to like a musical. They obviously were friends. Like they, they seemed like they were being sweet to her. But she's like, she was great. This is like her second thing that she's done, on and movie wise at least, she killed it. Do you think they're getting she their crushed. deposit back on this cabin? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So anyway, everybody then dies. All the, all the, what happens to the, the, the Batista? So he goes into the bathroom. People get loose. People run around, get guns. But what happens to Batista? He goes into the bathroom. They make it. They try to make the audience believe he could fit through a tiny hole. For a <laughs> yeah, like he busts out the window. But it, when I was sitting in the theater, I was like, "What a cool name for a movie!" The Batista in the bathroom. No, he ultimately ends up having a a very heartfelt farewell speech before slicing his neck away. Yeah, he offs himself with a with a net with a knife bleeds out in front of everybody. Why? When actually is in a treehouse? Excuse me, this place. Has a treehouse and wends out in the front with grasshoppers. Like, what is she not doing in the treehouse the entire time? You know, yeah. They spring a treehouse on us. That's the most unbelievable thing in this movie. She'd be in the, the treehouse the whole well, time. Well, she was right? probably scared because every time she'd look up there, you know what she saw? Our girl from Hereditary. Yeah, floating there, headless, floating towards that fucking room. Oh. Our our girl. <laughs> 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 and I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> By the way, where was she found? Where was she discovered? What movie? Tony Collette? Yeah. Muriel's Wedding? Sixth Sense. Oh, right, right, right. But she was really discovering Muriel's Wedding. That's what she... I think it was Baz, early Baz Luhrmann. I might be wrong. Might be wrong. Wends in the cabin with some... Or in the treehouse with some headphones as her daddy shoots at her other daddy. <laughs> And Jonathan Groff was like, I saw like an angel or something. I think this is real. You have to shoot me. I saw a vision of you and one in the future where she is older. And they do have a flash forward to that. As Jonathan Groff is trying to say goodbye, the, the Ben Aldrich just shoots him real quick and goes, Jesus. All right, I get it. I like how when Batista offs himself, planes start falling from the sky like nuts. That is a bad, kind of a weird effect. What do you think of that? It's probably my favorite effect in the movie. So yeah, they're just kind of tumbling. A bunch out of, of the sad sky. planes falling weird, <laughs> falling like Solo does in uh, Force Awakens out of the sky. <laughs> but yeah, they're just tumbling out of the sky and blowing up on the ground. I mean, it's just like they have they do fall weird. And they fall everywhere. There's a lot of planes in the sky. Yeah, well, there is. Yeah. And that's and so, really... Yeah, like, and I would probably venture to say most of those people did not survive. And they also yeah. probably landed on also not survivors. And this movie is not making a great case for God. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's this why I wanted weird... them to not... Like, I, That's why I wanted it to be something else. I didn't want it to be... Because it's just, believe what you want to believe. But in a film, you have to you have to establish at the beginning some sort of thing about God. If it is if it's literally the end of times, as the Bible would state, 
then you have to plant the seeds for that at the beginning. So that But do you I mean no, if you think yes, about absolutely all the horrible events that happen all the time where we don't have a clue of why. I mean I think that's kind of what they're getting at a little bit, you know. Plus then put it in a cabin and have these weirdos show it up with weird weapons thin premise but yeah I, I see what you're saying i just feel like that's kind of not the point i mean the cabin in the woods is about the end of days as well and they have this evil spirit that they're summoning okay you lay the groundwork and then you deliver on it but it's like in shortcuts which is such a expected comparison right. remember in shortcuts there's a movie and then all of a sudden a character hits another character in the head with a rock at the end mm-hmm. for no reason and they die and that's it i remember you have to show a pebble to be and you say oh that thing looks like it might hurt i really like to hit you in the head with a rock you talking too much shortcuts the one with johnny five (laughs) it's with yeah the one starring johnny five and huey lewis's massive dong (laughs) by the way not his real dong and not massive but his real pee did he pee through the fake unfortunately it's a fake dick with fake piss it took me it took you years to tell me this how did you find this out i've known about it since the beginning why you tell me because it's more fun to talk about his real dick firing real piss that's his fake dick firing fake piss I just would like to know. I feel like I've been living a lie for 20 years. I've been talking about this forever. I, every time I meet someone new, I'm like, yeah, Huey Lewis did whip it out once and did real pee into a real lake. It's fake dick, fake like, piss, fake lake. And that's they were always like, "Is are you sure? I'm like, yeah, 100% yeah. sure. Every t- They had to wait for him to, I thought they, he was drinking lots of water between, <laughs> between takes. Yeah. Huey Lewis with the health problem, right? She can't sing anymore or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he, I, he might be okay now. Oh, good. I'm not sure. It's awkward when Altman yelled cut in that movie and Huey Lewis, but then he just got a moil, ran up to Huey Lewis and <laughs> pretty good, right? Pretty good joke. You can cut that out. Use another moil. <laughs> it's a, but on the, on, the, on the special features of the Blu-ray of Shortcuts, he pulls out his real dick and real pisses. During the, <laughs> during the junket. <laughs> Not a good movie to watch on a plane, this one, huh? Mm-mm. You know, in the sky or, you know, the landmass. <laughs> true. You know? Very true. Not a good movie to watch anywhere in existence, actually. How'd it do? Did okay? Yeah, it was number one. They acted like it was like, it took, it, the, the headlines were, it took Avatar out. Yeah. I was like, well, Avatar's been out for like two months. Yeah, Avatar's really sweating its pants about this. <sighs> it only made 14. How, who are the real victims in this movie? I mean, obviously, the family, they lost. Wrong. Mm, wrong. Who else? The jar of grasshoppers. You're right. They're in that jar. They're they, trapped they, they in the jar. They never for them. Yeah. Which is, suffocation, a, a, a legitimate threat, but then the entire area burns to the ground. Yeah, the cabin catches fire at the end. Struck the, by lightning. Because vengeful. It's going, yeah, the earth is going haywire at the end before they. It still has some residual haywire after uh, Groff dies, but then it starts to even out. Hard to explain. Also hard to explain how they they check the news right after they kill their friend. And the enemy's like, hey, we're doing great. Less people are falling out of the sky. Less sick people. Tsunami's not kicking everyone's dick in. Great work. I love the the tie-in that they did, uh, kind of the... To the movie, the Gerard Butler movie, Plane, that came out. Do you see that yet? I want to. There's that scene in there when... Do you remember when the, the the plane goes flips all around and starts to crash and they're like what's happening why is it doing this there's no explanation and then and then it it writes itself and they go what happened he goes well a gay guy died Uh, we didn't mention that rupert grant played his care another thing that they're poking holes in rupert grant's character is the one is revealed he's the one that attacked ben aldrich in the past is under the hospital is that in the book it is okay but it's also unclear in the book because it's also i don't know if they ever 
I don't know if they ever confirm it in the book because they confirm it that that is the guy here. Because it felt like the Shyamalan character in Signs a little bit where he was tied to the past there. I think it. I think it's in the book. Definitely in the book, but I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure it's confirmed that he. That's the. That's who it was. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse are a great concept, and this is not how you should have done it. Yeah, they mentioned that. What and that's what Jonathan Groff is piecing together before he asks his partner to shoot him, his husband to shoot him. But so anyway, then they get in a car. Wen and and um, Ben Aldridge. Uh, Andrew, I guess they get in a car and they go to a gas station. Like if, if they pull over and everybody, there's it's a restaurant, gas station. Everybody's in there and they're watching the news and they see that Earth had stopped wreaking havoc on its people and they're everybody's thrilled. But what I kept thinking of, plants are falling out of the sky. There's a plague, tsunamis everywhere. There, what? There's another thing that happens. Let's how, go to the, let's go to the local grease. Full. Let's go to the greasy spoon and eat. It's so full. I guess it's just the food's that good. You know? Well, and, and you mentioned it in the theater. It was totally like the scene where Bruce Willis was waiting at the diner in that other movie, Split. He pops out. Once again, M. Night Shyamalan doesn't live split. in reality. So don't expect normal feelings and, and human things to happen in his movies. I mean, the, even though the, it was fully staffed, I think I'd quit You know, if planes were falling out of the sky all the time. I'd be like, you know, I'm going home, guys. People don't show up now because they had a sniffle. You know, it's this... <laughs> They, right. they can't fill a, a, a restaurant now. How Have you noticed that? We're still at a point where restaurants are now closed on Mondays or Tuesdays. They close early. They open late. They have problem staffing. They won't seat a whole section because they don't have enough bodies. I know why they're there. Never mind. I have a note why they're there. Oh. On the sign leading into this place, it advertised what they were serving. One of the things was Dole, Dole Whip. That's just good. What are you, you talking about? What? Do you know what Dole Whip is? No. It's like pineapple ice cream, like Dole, Dole pineapple. It's no, good. I don't know what that is. You would love it. I thought it was Indiana like Jones' pineapple. weapon. No, Dole, D-O-L-E, whip. Come on, so, that's why they're in there. That's ta- why they got Are you talking about Bob's motorcade? Beers. That's why they got the <laughs> the big yellow. All, everybody goes in there sloppily eating Dole whip like it's their last meal. Just wiping ice cream on their is lips. Is that a regional thing that I don't know about Dole Whip? I didn't really know about it either. I think they serve it, believe it or not, a lot of it at amusement parks and things like that. But it's pretty tasty. Now, everything look he, it up. Everything Google he does it. is Philadelphia-based. This was filmed in Long yeah. Island, but I think it's Philadelphia-based yeah. as well, probably. Dole Whip. Oh, he's going all it's, in. Um, An hour and a half in. And chopped and frozen pineapple. Looks, and, looks delicious. Um, yeah. It's a refreshing treat. That's what they're in there for. Right so, before they get zooped, they get zooped to hell. They have to have a little refreshment. I love the fact that the two people that are responsible, inadvertently and vertedly, with all these deaths, go in there, poke their heads in. Eh, things look good. Let's go sing in the car. They try to make it. Well, cute. they don't go sing in the car. I think they just listen to. They try to make a cute car. moment though, where they listen to that song where she, she feels bad for putting it on. She turns it off. He turns it back on. They smile, like we just yeah, killed. Remember their millions. They remember their dad that remember the their husband and dad that just ate shit. <laughs> yeah. The big winner in this arrangement. Doesn't have to deal with this fucking grief. Everywhere you go for the rest of your days, you killed that guy's uncle. No matter just, who it is. All you gotta say is all you gotta say is my bad. Yeah, letting people in front of you in line at the grocery store whew, amends. I did it. We're good. We're He's eating. on his knees. He's on his knees at the end begging forgiveness. I wish I would have shot him earlier. I could have just shot him as soon as they came in the door. <laughs> Please forgive me. Another perfect episode. What kind of names you see in the credits there, sir? I saw, I, somehow I got I got a couple here. 
We already mentioned uh, the beautiful Brick Mason was in this, right. but yeah, the credit, the, the names that we kind of spied in the credits. What, what did give me some uh, initials here? I'll give. I'll, go, I'll start up. with PP. <laughs> I mean, it's always a good way to start. I don't have PP in here. You don't have Paul Postal. Paul, Paul Postal. Paul Postal. I don't, but I have CC. Carl Counts. Got Carl Counts in here. JM. JM. Uh, I don't have JM. You don't have Jeremy Most. I wish. No, but I have a... I got a Nepo baby in here. Let's hear it. Got a Nepo baby. SP. Don't have it. Stu Probst? <laughs> Jeff Probst's son? <laughs> Is that the guy from Survivor? Survivor in this? <laughs> got Stu another Probst's nepotism baby here. VM. Who? Vince Mountain. <laughs> How did I miss it? Christy Canyon's nephew. <laughs> did you get BS in here? Lots of it. Another Nepo baby. Uh, who? Bethany Serpico in this. <laughs> oh, she's related to Terry Serpico? <laughs> C.E. Oh. in this. Oh, Denholm Elliott? <laughs> C.E. in this. Carl Erb. Who? Carl Erb, E-R-B. <laughs> oh, you said C.E. Yeah. I thought you said D.E. Okay, Carl Erb. I didn't have him either. They got a little pretension in here. A little, pret- a little pretension. Like a, little, a guy that hates... Hates Toy Story in this with the WP. Woody Piss? What's his name? Close. Woody Passe. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm sure that's not how you say it. No, I didn't that's see how it. You spelled. I only have one more. JP. Hey, we can get any crossover, really. Um, I don't have JP. And now it's not a funny name, but it sounds like a badass. JV Pike. Oh, that's pretty cool. Either that or it's a, or it's a fingerling fish, you know? I got one. Uh, last one for me is NS. Night Shyamalan. Nell Stifle in here. Oh, nice. I wish that Jodie Foster would have done that in the movie Nell. You know what I'm saying? Right. She couldn't shut up. Her character was dumb. (laughs) Her co-star from that movie is killing it right now. Who? Liam. God, he's all over the place, isn't he? What was he just... Marlo. That's right. We saw that trailer for... A movie looked like a like Neil a like Jordan a, film. Looked like a joke movie in, within a movie in like Tropic Thunder or something. Yeah, he's playing Philip Marlowe. What if Philip Marlowe was seventy and still on the beat? What if Philip Marlowe had a thinly hidden Irish accent and a massive rod? Yeah, Neil Jordan in there. All right, so what else we got? Look, you got to get a tattoo made of you from this movie from the Knock at the Cabin. What do you yeah. put on your person? I got a good one. I got a meta one. Actually. All right, let's have it. I'm gonna tribute. I'm going. I'm going full. I'm putting Dave Batista on me. Okay. But I'm going tattoo list Dave Batista. I strip it. I'm going blank Batista on me. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a tattoo list Batista. But it's a tattoo. You know what I'm saying? But it's a tattoo. But yeah, he's bare armed. Those are just. Can you even recognize him? Reserved. I don't know. You know. And then maybe I'll just do temporary tattoos every once in a while on you know kind of. But then I'll wash them off. It is mad. He's a very tattooed man. He's very yeah. He's illustrated man, Nick. What about you? My my tattoo also features Dave Batista. And it's got a word bubble that you like. You love the word bubbles. I do. So it's Dave Batista and he's in the bathroom over the toilet shitting giant turds into the toilet. Of course. Just missile turds coming out of his butt. Back to back. Sure. Maybe two at a time splitting it, splitting it on the way out. Huge ones. Photorealistic, forensically disgusting poop. Coming out of Dave Batista. Kind of like a Robin Hood thing going on? With the arrows? <laughs> yeah, with the arrows? He doesn't lick the feather beforehand, but yes. And and out of his mouth, he's saying, 
This wasn't in the premonition. Yeah. You know, I'm just proud of you that you put a guy shitting on you as a tattoo because that, that has to be a rare a rare group. Someone have a tattoo of someone defecating on them. Uh, and the window, Rupert Grant, with the bag over his head, standing out the window looking in, and there's a thought ball says, well, it was in mine. <laughs> Why do you think I came? Why do you think I was the first to get killed? <laughs> Could not unsee. Hashtag. <laughs> That was the knock at his cabin. It was like, oof. Hashtag, first hashtag after the war. <laughs> after the phrase. No problem with the fact that dead man is saying this, but God forbid I put the hashtag at the end. All right. <laughs> Movie's over. That's Cra- what they should do. The, the, the rival Twitter should do that. that. That's how they should do the hashtag after the war. Right. Or, or the, next, anyway. the, the next day. By the way, we stayed through the credits, and there's some weird shit in the credits in this movie. They try to. Yeah. They try to. They do these color swirls, and they try to reincorporate things from the movie into the credits very subtly. And the mu- the music is concussing you for the first five minutes of the credits. Anyway, what's this question? Stinger. Oh, the stinger. Thanks for asking. Sweet of you. Hashtag. All right. So then the the, the we're back at the cabin. It's burning down. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me get my pants you loose. S- <laughs> All right. And you see you see a guy running up out of breath. He's like, I'm sorry I'm late. Is everything okay in there? Guys, I'm sorry I'm late. I had the visions too. I just, you know, missed my flight. But um, anyway, just in case, you have to sacrifice. He's like kind of shouting in the broken glass, like towards the fire. You have to sacrifice one of your own, man. Maybe it already happened. Like he's kind of looking around and sees like, just in case though, I just wanted to say that you had to sacrifice one of yourselves. And and if you don't, you know, we're not going to hurt you. Like he's kind of going through it, but he knows like he's a little too late, right? Anyway, name's Jason. I'm going to head back Arkansas, but what I do, I guess we have to tell a little bit about ourselves. I paint mustaches on old pieces of technology on YouTube for a living. <laughs> Says that he's walking back to his car. And he, and he bumps into another guy as he's walking back to his car. He's like, I'm the, I also have the visions. It's a joke. Don't worry about it. Just a weird coincidence. Don't kill anyone. Mine is, uh, they're, uh, they're at an intersection after all this shit, and they're, and they're, they're singing boogie shoes at a, at a, at a traffic light. Uh-huh. Windows down, and they're, they look over, and there's this guy with the sad, like this tear mark. You can see where the, the tears have dried on his cheek. He's just found out his, you know, his whole life's been ruined. Everybody that's close to him was killed. He looks over all sad, and he sees these guys singing boogie shoes. And he, and he rolls down his window, and he says, I just want to let you guys know. Seeing you guys like this really gives me hope in, in the human condition. The fact that all this bad stuff can happen and you still could find it in your souls to muster the joy to, to make the most out of the situation, thank you. You've restored a little piece of my humanity back in me. And then the girl slips and says, yeah, we're responsible for 100% of it. Drive away. Last thing this guy hears is Boogie Shoes as he's inching the rope around his neck at the intersection. I like how you, that really bothered you that they wouldn't. That, you remember that they killed Cabin in the, the world at the end of the Cabin of the Woods. Remember, which is a great ending. They kill the world. Yeah, and I was go. Yeah, I love it. A giant hand. Yeah, they decided not to do not to do, go through with what they were supposed to go through with. I'm like fuck it. Yeah, because the tone of that movie can allow for that. The tone of this movie tries to be everything. Mm-hmm. Look, you've been given the financing to have your own sequel to Knock at the Cabin. Oh, Praise God. mercy. How do you spend that hard earned? Yeah, Andrew and Wen have uh, moved on. Mm-hmm. He's found a new love, and they've spent quite some time together, and, and they decided we need to take another vacation. 
We're we're taking some precautions. The last one didn't go as well as we had hoped. They didn't go. Sure. They didn't go into detail with the new guy. So they find a remote island that's got a house at the top of it, but it's all cliffs. There's no other buildings there. No way people can come visit them. A helicopter yeah. drops them off. Wow. So they're having the time of their lives. And then he, Andrew hears something in, in the night. He's like, uh-oh. He hears something. And he looks, and there's a light. It's a fucking dude on a jetpack flying towards the island. He's like, fuck this. Pulls out his sniper gun. Ba-bam! Shoots a guy out of the living skies. He, he tries to go back to sleep, and then lo and behold, he hears another whirring sound. Another fucker on a jetpack coming from the east. Bang! This happens yeah. two more times. He ends up icing four jetpack folk. Doesn't tell when about it. Doesn't want to ruin a trip. They don't have TV there. They finish out their fucking holiday. Three days later, they're like, all right, the helicopter's coming. Get the fuck out of here. No helicopter. Uh-oh. They starve to death on that fucking hill. All three. Dead as fuck. Wen's eyes, eyes open up in heaven. She's laying next to Andrew and the new guy, Demetrius. Whew, I guess we died. Yeah, I saw it, I saw it happen. Yeah, I was the last to go, Wen says. I got to watch you two die. Thanks a lot, fucks. And then the face of God appears and said, You and I, have, we've done some things in our time. You're not supposed to be here. And they're like, bullshit. We, we're not going to let those four horsemen shits happen. He's like, what four horsemen? The helicopter crash. I sent four people to come rescue you. Four. The jetpacks. Yeah. He steps on the on the on the little pedal and the waste bin opens up and takes him downtown. An incredible first act. Reunited with Jonathan Groff and Hill, because they're gay. Uh, my sequel is similar, <laughs> I guess, to yours. This is a year later. They're still grieving. They're at home. You know, they they don't they're back in the routine. One's back in school. All of a sudden people at their door, they're like we did, you know, we're in college, got a bad grade on the test. You have you have to sacrifice one of you. You know, it's like one of those things where, like, it's like that's the deal or, you know, all this horrible shit, including my grades, will go to hell. And it's called, since they're at home, it's called a, a doorbell ding at the condo. What do you think <laughs> for the sequel? A doorbell ding. I think it's not bad. The doorbell ding. The chime. When immediately gets killed. The chime at the condo. This guy, because the dad's got a taste for blood now. He knows how to. He knows how to play. Um, He's like ahead. when. What saying? More like now. Bang. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, my sequel to be a, yeah, that they just be getting the same treatment at home. They get screwed because they have to do this now. They have to do it every year. Uh, They're so put upon this family. God hates this family yeah. apparently. Or maybe. I think it's the most important. I don't know what what's going on with this horrible god. Look, you've been given the financing to have your own business associated with knocking the cabin. How are you taking that hard escrow and putting it into the urn machine? Well, speaking of doorbells, I'm going to sell doorbells that sound like the pounding knock from this movie. So when you ring the doorbell, it just goes. It's just that that big. How do you do it? You know. Yeah, that that helps fill the the listener's imagination with what a knock sounds like. I tried to do an imitation. Was it good? Was it Groff? I don't know. Like, so that's that's it. I, I'm sure. Actually, that might exist. I'm gonna make it a clearer sounding knock. I'm gonna make it the best. When you ring the doorbell, it sounds like a knock device you've ever seen. Talk about confusing, by the way. Ringing that thing and it sounds like you're knocking. You got to do a double take. Yep. It's like a prank. Yeah. Anyway, for for company. All right. What about you? I'm opening up a restaurant. A theme restaurant. Of course you are. Yeah, you have to. It's farm to table. We have all the TVs are showing disaster footage. All of your utensils are fashioned to look like the weapons from the movie, obviously. They're only open at night. It's just, you know, a little. everything comes with a little twist of lemon, a little twist, M-Night, mm-hmm. you know? 
and you just you know it's just great, man. You just sit down, only take Diners Club. You got it, you know. You just have a nice meal, farm to table as hell. We garnish with a little butterfly, a little grasshopper, all sorts of cute. The the dishes are named weird after the apocalypse. Surf and turf and die. It's called like surf question mark. You're in the turf, you know. Yeah, that kind of shit. By the way, plague food. It's called Nosh at the Cabin. That's pretty good. Look, you're in the fucking movie. What shape does your performance oh, take? I'm going to be this, the Sully Sullenberger of this movie. <laughs> from, My plane from is Monsters plummeting. Inc.? plane is plummeting ass over wing. I am like a complete... It looks like a, a fucked up thrown football headed toward the ground. I'm screaming. I'm peeing. I'm like... Real dick, real piss. I'm just crying, screaming, but then all of a sudden, at the right amount of time, it writes, it writes itself right before impact, and I turn myself into the hero. I even playing at one point is even upside down, just like Sully, you know? I just lie and pretend I that I... I think the upside I, down I, plane yeah. was in the Denzel movie. Oh, it was? Yeah. Did Sully not go upside down? I don't think he does. Maybe he does. Sully didn't go, to, he didn't go upside down. That's news to me. Maybe he did. Yeah, man, I got Maybe two they news. both did. Maybe two they both news did. news to me. Sully didn't go upside down, and Huey Lewis had a fake pee. <laughs> And shortcuts. This is blowing my mind today. Anyway, so I, I then take complete credit for the plane coming back to life and I save saving the passengers. I'm a fraud, Nick. It's all right. I've become I've become famous. What's your name? Molly. Molly Mullenberger. I am uh I've I've got the hots for Andrew big time. I'm a I'm a I've been somebody who's uh who's had my eye on him a long time. And I am furious at Jonathan Groff's character for getting my man. Okay. But at the same time, all's fair in love and war, they say. And I'm, I'm thinking, how am I going to get a chance to... Maybe I could crash one of their vacations or something like that. or I don't, sure. I don't know. i got to find a way to get close to his heart because he's the one for me. So I start this message board. I'm, yeah. Even I'm blown away at the end. Like It fucking worked. Thank God. Gangbusters, yeah. Thank God, literally, for fucking... The alley oop, and I am just dark. Yeah, I'm, I'm cleaning it up, getting ready. Anyway, it's dark, but I can't blame you. It worked. You sound cool. My name's Molly Mullenberger. <laughs> and my name's T Bone Milkbone. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've been you've been asked to incorporate something from this movie into your daily routine, a mantra, a ritual. What That's too bad. I'm gonna just try not to see any more variations on this premise. You know, like if they do like a stage version, a TV like miniseries, I'm just gonna like not watch it. To try to live my life where I just don't dip my toe in another adaptation of the story. I think or, you're or okay. A sequel. I think you're okay. <laughs> you never know. You know. You mean like thirty I, I years later? I, I know what you did last summer comes out. Uh, I'll see that opening night. M night. Yeah, that's what I, that's my mantra. What about you? I have a knock knock joke I foist on people from now on. All right, let's hear it. Knock knock. Who's there? Cabin. Cabin who? Cabin Ron! And I pull back my hat and I got a bleach blonde hairdo. Ron! Cabin Ron! Kurt Russell's best character. C- Cabin Ron. Is that what? It's pretty good. Yeah. Look, man, you've been floating at sea all these many years, gathering debris from various films on an island. What are you going to take from Knock at the Cabin? I'm just taking a refreshing treat that I mentioned earlier. I'm taking a Dole Whip. Maybe I'll take, if they have a machine, you said that things can regenerate on our island. Maybe I'll just get a Dole Whip, a machine that, you know, squirts out Dole Whip or whatever they, that thing is and just like an ice cream machine with that stuff in it. That sounds good to me. 
little refreshing treat. Don't exactly know what I'm eating. It just tastes good. I'm putting on the pounds, but I'm happy as a clan. Clam? Clan? Happy as a clan. It's a new one. America's mantra. Best happy as a clam. Most delicious semen in the galaxy you have after a while. And you think I'm she? I say I'm happy as a clam, and I'm like this specific clam. And you look next to me, and there is a clam in a launch, like a little lounge chair right beside me, and he's thrilled. He's got a little tiny little dollop of Dole Whip on his little shell. <laughs> I'm hoping it'll kind of melt into his little crevice. Toxic to the clam. Toxic. Is it? It is. Their diet consists of not pineapple food. I don't know what's in that thing. It's not a naturally occurring nature product, a Dole Whip. He seems happy. He'll die with that smile. He hasn't hasn't moved for a while, but he seems thrilled. Yeah. You know? He's in a cup. That's so cute. A clam? A little clam companion? Happy as this clam. Right. You know, specifically. Anyway, what about you? Now, I've labored over this a lot. I live on an island. Yes. I've got a bunch of cool shit. Perfect already. But what I don't have on this island is a lake. A freshwater lake. So I'm taking their little lake, their tiny little lake that they have, and I'm going to have that as a feature on my island. A lake where I could bask. If I need, in a, in a pinch, I need some clean water. Just a, a place to go dipping. What lake? Am I, am I not remembering a lake? They jump into it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's just a brief scene of that, right? But it's a lake. And it's is this a... F- is it a fl- is it a, is it a lake in this? I guess it doesn't matter where it's it is. It's in a flash. It's at this. Yeah, it's at this cabin. Yeah. The first day they get there. Okay. Yeah. 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 They jump in. It's, got it's little, in the trailer. It's, got, it's, yeah. it's a pond, really, and it's got a little a little dock. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a, a, a little sweet change of scenery. It's so tropical. Yeah. You know, it's so very islandy. I need something to remind me of the old country. Little lake, just beautiful. And I just will sit there and look at my reflection. And maybe if I'm lucky, yeah, this this I will. I'm going to modify this when I look into the reflection in the lake. I could see planes falling, but only when I look into that lake, just to kind of harken back. Sisyphus in this. Is that it? Isn't is he the guy that looks in the? Who looks into the lake? Who looks into the water and sees his reflection? John Waters did remember. for a couple of films. I mean, she was his avatar, I think, right? Maybe it's not. No, Sis- I think you're probably Who's right. Look- I just didn't. I, I thought you. Were, I thought you're calling me a sissy again. Who looks in? I want. It's, I don't think it's him. Who? It probably is. Right. Sounds right. Who looks at the reflection? Falls in. Probably what that. What myth is that? I don't forgot which piece Maybe. of folklore you're. Sounds right. It's either Sisyphus or uh, T-Bone, Milkbone. <laughs> Let me see. Greek myth looking at reflection. Nar- or Narcissus. That's who it is. Oh, it's narcissistic. Okay. Narcissus. Yeah. My bad. <sighs> and, of course, narcissistic. There you go. Why? How could I not get there? Damn it. Should just edit it so it sounds like I'm smart. Who? And by the way, so who's the guy? Do you remember the? Do you, who's the guy in the Greek folklore who, when he looked into the lake, saw the nightbreed? Narcisse!
the screen.